0: Hey, everyone, I'm Portia Flowers. Hey, and I'm Cynthia Dorsey. And this is Young, Black, and Brave.
1: Young, Black, and Brave is a new podcast, but most importantly, it's a space where we can critically review cinema and discuss the representation of Black women in film. Black women, of course, have had a place in the film industry for some time now but we want to take a look at it and talk about what that means. When stories are being told, who's included in the storytelling process, who is centered, who is supporting and who is erased. These are important conversations to have, particularly as black women ourselves. We should be able to critique the media that is reflected back to us and we're gonna try to do just that.
0: It's a new year, new decade, new podcast. We are young, black, and great. There are a lot of important shifts happening for women in the film industry, and black women should be at the center of these shifts, paid equally and represented authentically. So thank you, Portia, for including me in this discourse. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Young, Black, and Brave. This is episode eight. Hi, Portia. How are you today? Hi, my
1: Cynthia. I'm good. (laughs) All things considered, I'm actually doing all right. How are you?
0: I'm fine. We are actually recording this in the midst of a pandemic worldwide. Oh, Lord. (laughs) COVID-19, the coronavirus, um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling um, cabin fever yet? No, not yet. You know, I'm a homebody.
1: I like being at mm-hmm. home. So I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. But it's a, you know, it's it's a little... Um unnerving is too strong a word I'm act, I'm actually doing okay but it is a little surreal I think that's the word I'm looking for um you know just it's so quiet outside everybody's uh mm-hmm. you know just commenting on it's, it's it's the thing that people are talking about on social media um you know it's just it's a very interesting time right now uh trying to wrap your mind around the fact that we are in a in the midst of a global pandemic and we have to be quarantined, you know, we have to do all this social distancing, we have to, we have to practice good uh, hygiene, and, you know, all the things that we probably should have been doing a long time ago, but we have to be very, very mindful of that, um, because the consequences are extremely real, people are dying out there, um, you know, because of this disease, and and that's the part that makes it um, really scary.
0: Right, it's, It is very scary. All of my, even my doctor's appointment this week was canceled. Um, Everything's being canceled. I was supposed to go to Cabo next week to celebrate my friend's bachelorette party. And that's not happening. Everything is canceled. But what I can say that's really uplifting is seeing how people are pulling together to help one another Schools are giving out free lunches, figuring out how to help students do their remote learning, giving them technology. I, I know that Comcast is giving the kids free Wi-Fi. So it's just, it's a good thing that everybody is practicing their humanity and pulling all together to support those of us. Us who are really in a need or in a bind,
1: right, right. It's it's really heart heartwarming um, to see the response, um, and you know the the hope is that we're able to continue to um, be community minded um, once this all um, dies down. Um, you know, it's hard to to think about that, but it will. There will come a point where we'll be able to. Uh, venture out again and go back to life um, as we knew it before. Um, but hopefully we can still be mindful of um, our behavior and how that might affect other people and, and just try to try to be good citizens um, to each other. So, Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Hopefully, our uh, our little podcast here will kind of help distract you a little bit and give you a little entertainment. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that there's people who yes. are at home and looking for some good movies to watch, and maybe our little commentary will will help you uh, enjoy the films that you're that you're stuck home watching. So,
0: exactly, today's film is on Netflix, everybody. It's the boy who harnessed the wind. Um, so Portia will take us through it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you already know eight
1: episodes in our show Young, Black, and Brave, we center black women around here. Uh-huh. So I'm sure you're wondering why the heck are we watching the boy <laughs> who harnessed the wind? Shouldn't it be the girl who harnessed the wind? <laughs> no. We decided we wanted to watch the boy who earnest to win. What's yes. wrong with that? Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the reason why <laughs> yeah. we just wanted to watch it, and we heard it was really, really good. It's actually the directorial debut from Chouetel Egeofor, who is primarily known as an actor, Oscar nominated actor. He was uh, probably his his biggest role to date has been. um the star of 12 Years a Slave, Mm -hmm. which is the movie that brought us Lupita Nyong'o. He not only directed, he also wrote wrote the screenplay for this film. Um, And it's actually based on the book uh, by the same name, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind by William Kamkwaba and uh, Brian Miller. And so this is, it's, yeah, I guess this is an autobiography, although he he uh, co-wrote it with someone else. It's his autobiography. He is the boy who was able to harness the wind in his uh, yeah. in his village. So we'll do a brief rundown of the cast. We have William Kumquamba, uh played by Maxwell Simba. I think this might be his um, his debut film. This might be his first role. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it seems as though this if this is not his first role is probably his first starring role. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, hopefully we will have many more opportunities to see him in the future. Yes. Playing the father, uh, Triwell Kumquamba was Jotel Ejiofor. So he was he had on multiple hats in this film as the writer, the director and uh, one of the stars of the film. Uh, the mother, Agnes, was played by, uh, Cynthia helped me out,
0: Isa, Maja? Yeah, Isa. Okay. I don't know the last name. I
1: apologize for not being able to pronounce your name, um, but she is a, uh, a big-time French actress. Uh, I, mean, I believe Senegalese is her background, French Senegalese, uh-huh. or Senegalese French. Um, But yes, so she is uh, playing the mother, Agnes. The sister, Annie, is played by Lily Banda. Um, Chief Wembe is played by Joseph Marcel. And if that name sounds familiar, this is the man who played Jeffrey the butler in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So we have a familiar face there for for some of those who are familiar with The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Yes. And we have the best friend in the in the movie uh, William's best friend Gilbert. He's played by uh, Philbert Balakiza. So, brief synopsis here. So, we are in Malawi, and you have uh, William Kamkwamba. He is a young schoolboy who comes from a family of farmers who live in a nearby village. William also dabbles in fixing radios for his friends and neighbors and spends his free time looking through the local junkyard for salvageable electronic components. Although he is soon banned from attending school due to his parents' inability to pay his tuition, uh, William is able to um, convince, quote unquote, convince his science teacher, who's actually in a secret relationship with William's sister, into letting him continue attending his classes. Uh, And and most importantly, letting him have access to the school's library where he learns about electrical engineering and energy production. By the mid-2000s, so this is a a more recent past kind of setting. Uh Mid-2000s, failing crops due to drought and the resulting famine has devastated Williams Village, leading to riots over government rationing and Williams family being robbed of their already meager grain stores. People soon begin abandoning the village and William's sister in love with his former teacher um, in order to leave the family, quote unquote, one less mouth to feed. Yeah. Seeking to save his village from the drought, William devises a plan to build a windmill to power an electric water pump that he had scavenged earlier. William builds a small proof of concept prototype, which works successfully, but to build a larger windmill, William requires his father's uh, permission to dismantle the family bicycle for parts, which is the only bicycle in the village and the family's last major asset. His father believes this exercise is futile and destroys the prototype. However, after intervention from William's mother, uh, William and his father reconcile, and with the help of his friends and remaining members of the village, they build a full-size wind turbine, mm-hmm. which leads to a successful crop being sown. So it's a really, um, you know, it's a, it's a feel-good story at the end, but it's, it's pretty intense, especially when you, uh, realize that this yeah. is a true story. Now, like yeah. I said, this is Chutel Edu directorial debut, and he actually won just last month, the uh, 2020 NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Directing in a Motion Picture. So that's huge. For his first time, he was able to get the image award. So congratulations to him. Um, And the film itself was nominated for Outstanding Independent Motion Picture. Yay! From from the NAACPs as well. So it's definitely made an impression. The other thing that, that uh, that jumps out in this film is that The language spoken here is in English and in Chichewa languages. And so Chichewa is a Bantu language that's spoken in much of Southeast Africa, primarily Malawi and Zimbabwe, where it's an official language. So it was, uh, you know, it was Uh very um, interesting Uh to see a film about Africans with Africans, with the African characters speaking in their own language, not just speaking in English. Um, So that was really great to see, but I've, I've spoken for quite a while. You know, what were your initial thoughts about the film?
0: So, um, I, I thought visually stunning, Mm -hmm. um, all of the cinematography I really, really liked, like from looking at where, William would go to the junkyard from his school to his home. It really made you feel like as a viewer, you mm-hmm. were in Malawi as well. So it was really really shot nicely. I do think though it had its like slow moments. So um you know, you're reading subtitles and then the the storyline just slows down a bit. Which could be, um, you know, a turn off for a, a viewer, but I think the storyline itself is is wonderful, and I think it should be shown to children to just give them the lesson in the importance one of your education. And no matter what your circumstances are, you can create, invent, and build things with what you have. Um, I think that would be a great motivator for our kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned um, this definitely, I think, would be a great film for kids. This is the first film that we're reviewing that, uh, that stars a kid. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, you know it was really powerful to see uh, a young black man, you know, and especially um, a black man who is uh, who is African at the center of a story, at the center of a film. And for me, what struck me is that um, you know I, I felt like there were a couple of um, overarching themes, and one being education, the power of education. Um, and just the drama of seeing mm-hmm. a young black man really um, being intentional and, and actively seeking an education, um, but not just education for education's sake, but really understanding the, the, um, the consequences of getting an education, what that means for himself, for his family, for his future, for his community, you know, it's it's not just about him getting this degree or what you know whatever the, the goal is. Right. It's you know it's right. long term goals, but it's also a very short term, immediate uh, goal, which is to try to help his community the best way that he can, and that's with his mind. You know, and it's a, I had never heard of right. William Kamkwaba before this, um, but like I said, this film was based on his memoir, and he's still actually quite young. He's only thirty two years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a TED Talk a couple of years ago, which is uh, worth viewing. If you ever get a chance, just uh, probably look him up on right. YouTube and uh, and watch his his TED Talk where he talks about his story. But, yeah, I think it, I think kids especially, but anybody watching this film would really get a lot out of seeing his story. And, and uh, you know, I think sometimes. At least in this country, we education is so easy to obtain compared to other places, and because of that, sometimes we can take that for granted. And so it was, uh, you know, it was it was, Mm -hmm. um, oh, what's the word? You know, it was humbling um, to just kind of see how other people uh, really have to make a lot of sacrifices um to to get their education and it's not easy for them to get their education yet they yeah they really go for it because they know they know what it means they know the benefit of it Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah the same with you know farming and farming the land and Mm -hmm. the the land you farm is your food and your way of making money. I think that's something um, you know, city kids take for granted as well. You know, it does you don't have to necessarily work as hard as a kid in the farmlands who mm-hmm. has to farm and deal with droughts and the crops don't come in as an abundance as your family needs to make money and to eat. And just being in a a dry land, um, that is something I feel like um, kids might take for granted if they are, you know, of middle-class stature and they're able to eat and get food, you know, in abundance. And I just will never forget the scene when they were at their last bit Mm -hmm. of grain and... The people in the village robbed them because they, too, were hungry. They needed to eat. And that just, like, gave me chills, that entire scene. You know, the destitute feeling and how much people, you know, really have nothing in the world they have nothing and they have to go to extremes to just stay alive and so i thought that was a powerful moment in the film
1: yeah yeah you know it's it's important to i i thought the film did a really good job of just kind of showing how interconnected a lot of things are and so it it uh it's complicated so it's not just that um you know oh he can't go to school. You can't go to school because they can't afford it because it costs money to get an education. You know, education isn't free. Not even in America is education free. Somebody has to pay for that. And that's paid through, you know, our taxes and yada, yada, yada. But that, you know, there's a cost attached to things that we we, we don't necessarily pay attention to. But in other parts of the world, it, you know, they, they are acutely aware of um, what it takes to to run a society or what it takes to run a, a, you know, a family or to stay alive because they have to, they have to do those things themselves. Yeah. You know, it's not just so simple as just going to the store and buying your food and bringing it home and cooking it. There are, you know, and there's even places in, in the United States, of course, where people are growing their own food and they have, you know, animals that they're, that they're, that they're raising. And, you know, there's a direct connection To their food supply.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And they have to be responsible for that. And, you know, and then, like you said, even the down to, you know, it it was a crime. They there's these people stole this food from them, stole these these grains from from this family. But you also understand where they're coming from. People are it's a drought. People are hungry. Right. People have nowhere else to go, you know, and, and all they know is that there is something here that they need that you have. And, you know, sorry, not sorry. Right. right. And, you know, what can you do? There's, there's few, uh, you know, the, it's hard to, to even point a finger at somebody because you, you realize that people do what they have to do in order to survive. And for some people that that includes stealing from their neighbors. And so it, that was a that was a very hard scene. It was a scary scene. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what part of what made it scary was that. So there was a, a, a man that I'm not sure if they knew him. They I, I want to say that they were at least somewhat familiar with this man. But he, you know, he had a look in his eyes.
0: I don't know. You
1: don't. Maybe he was a. Yeah, maybe he was a stranger. They
0: seemed frightened when he arrived. Yeah, they seemed frightened, and he he kind of seemed like he had
1: some fear in his eyes too, a little bit. And he was just like, you know, basically, I'm, you know, I'm gonna steal this. Um, and they were terrified because it was the it was the mother and it was the daughter that was there. The father had left. To go follow some political rally, I think, and then uh, William, yeah, the 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 main star of the of the story, he had been sent off to go buy some grain, I think, right? He had to go down to the market to see if he could buy some grain, and then it was chaos when he got there. So it, it took a very long time. Basically, the men of the house were gone, and the women of the house were there right. to try to defend this, you know, defend their land by themselves. Um, so it was, it was quite scary, but speaking of the mother and the daughter, it was, it was also interesting. They had a scene together where, um, you know, they were just kind of chatting about, about education. And, uh, the mother was kind of encouraging the daughter to, you know, to get her education and, and not stay here, you know, in this village and, and become a wife and a mother like she did. And I thought that was quite powerful, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, despite despite the sacrifices that that they all had to make. It was, you know, and how challenging it was to I'm sure to get her through through uh, school, but then to also try to get the the um to get William through school, the younger brother through school. And still encourage her daughter, you know, you still need to go to college because I know that it's going to be worth it.
0: Right. The daughter was, I think it was law school, right? They were trying to get her to go to law school. Um, And they had paid for her to, you know, go to grade school. And they were trying to pay for William as well to go to grade school, but they couldn't afford it because of the famine. And, um... Mm-hmm. William himself, you know, had a, a side hustle fixing radios, which was nice to see. So it wasn't just like the mom and the dad working tirelessly or endlessly to feed the family. Everybody in the family was working, even the children, which is, uh, you know, something else we don't necessarily see here um, in the United States. Or it's not something
1: that we acknowledge. Right. You know, cause, cause there are out there who are, you know, trying to help here and there, but it's not necessarily depicted in, in popular culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause there, there are families who are, they are struggling and it's every, everybody got to pitch in where they can. Right. Folks, you know, braiding hair, folks cutting grass, folks doing whatever. Right. Um, to get by. But you know when it's time to put a camera on and throw it up as a movie or a sitcom or a drama, all that seems to get forgotten about,
0: yeah, 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 um, what did you think about you know the um impact of nine eleven? on Malawi at the time I I believe you know when William was fixing the radio and the radio was began to work you hear the commentators talking about 911 in the United States and it just made me think of like how the US is viewed internationally to people I've been overseas several times and I I've, I've been overseas during the Bush era I've been overseas during the Obama era. I've been overseas during the Trump era. And it's like people receive me differently in all three eras. And it's just like, I just wonder hearing about 9 11, what exactly people were thinking of us in the United States.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: that is interesting.
1: You know, so this entire time, up until that point, I was trying to figure out like where what what year is this? When is this happening? I just I couldn't mm-hmm. get a, a a a good grasp on uh, the time frame here. And then yeah, as soon as he got the radio working, we hear news about nine eleven. And I read an interview with Chui for and he said that was a choice because you know they turned the radio on, you hear the news about nine eleven, but the point was to find the the soccer game. That's what they wanted to, that's what they wanted to do. So uh-huh. it came on, they cheered, uh-huh. they, uh, you know, he turned the station, got to the game and they like, all right, boom, let's go. And so it became an afterthought. And I, you know, I remember sitting there like, wait a minute, did I hear what I thought I heard? Did they say nine eleven? Did they say, or whatever the, whatever the word was yeah. that <laughs> triggered me to realize, oh, it's nine eleven. So So um, yeah, in the interview, he said, you know, I wanted to put that there to kind of help give us an idea of the the time frame. Finally, but also just to kind of indicate just the distance that the distance and the connection that they had. So you know, this 9/11 happened in the United States, in yeah. New York City, um, in DC and uh, Pennsylvania as well. And um, so that you know, it's geographically completely far away yet they like almost every other country in the world felt the effects of 9/11 you know so so we're we're to um uh-huh. we're to believe that you know the uh, some of the the um uh some of the disruption that's occurring uh, later on is not only due to just you know the changing weather patterns but also the political unrest you know, and and the, you know, the the economy being impacted yeah. by, yeah. you know, possibly aid that's not coming to America or aid that's being shifted or, you know, the things that are happening to the U.S. affects the rest of the world politically, economically, socially, you know, all kinds of different ways. And so, you know, you don't they don't realize what they heard. They don't realize how their world might be rocked in a couple weeks, months, years, you know, cause they're not even, they're not even thinking about it. They didn't know that the world just, just got shook when they turned that radio on, you know, and they're kids, you know, so, so kids are kids and they're just right. kind of like, you know, I, I just want to watch right. the game. I'm not, I'm not into news. I'm not into politics. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a real interesting choice yeah. that they made. It was it was very small, but I
0: I thought it was very impactful. Yeah. Another um point in the film that I thought about was Agnes had given when they were sitting with um the head of the school and um the head of just talking to the head of the school about, you know, why they kicked William out and William wanted to just use the library. Aista gave a good, strong monologue about how she didn't want to be like her ancestors and have to pray for rain. Mm. And that kind of like it, it stood out to me, just thinking about in general how we are. As a community now, as the Black community, we are trying so hard not to be like our ancestors. We want to, you know, rise up and be better and be woke and, you know, all of these things. And I just question that in us. Um, I, I think I'm proud of that in us, but I also question as to why we're so adamant of not tapping into certain things that our ancestors did. A prayer for rain could make a whole difference, you know, but she's this adamant. She did not want to be a person to pray for rain. She wanted, you know, consistency in her crops. She wanted this business with her husband. It did it, it, you know, against her, um, Control. It didn't happen the way she wanted it to happen, but, you know, resulting in prayer and dancing for rain was just something she was so adamant in not doing. And that is, it it resonates to me because that's kind of what's happening in our community. Well, I think, you know, yeah, it was, it was very interesting
1: the way that she said what she said and i guess it's a um you know it's it's a tough thing it's a tough thing i can i can see both sides of it cuz yeah on the one hand you 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 don't want to and you shouldn't you know who poo your 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 culture your your ancestry you know these are your people and and you know and there's power in prayer of course but i to me i kind of picked up on just the the frustration Of not having any control, it's like you work so hard, you work so hard, and for what? It's Mm -hmm. like you're just you're just at someone else's mercy, and you just you know all you can do is just hope. You just hope that something's going to happen because it doesn't even matter anymore. I can work my fingers to the bone and it's still not going to happen, and I'm frustrated and I'm mad. You know, I'm trying so hard and it's still not working, Um, and so I think. You know, and and so I can understand maybe maybe a bit of shame that could be attached to that because it makes you feel like, yeah. you know, well, dang, what's the difference between me and someone else who's not even trying? Yeah. You yeah. know, so so I can understand that frustration. And um and I think it also speaks to, you know, for right or for wrong, this desire for modernity like. You know, we want the things that other people have, and you know, we've we've worked so hard to have certain things. Like, you know, we we don't have to be quote unquote backwards. We don't have to pray for rain or or you know do certain things and and hope that something's going to happen. We don't have to do a dance. We can rely on X, Y, and Z. We can rely on the things that we can learn in a book or whatever. You know, and I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see one being better than the other, but I can understand, especially in that moment, the frustration and just kind of saying, I don't want to be like them. I want to be who I want to be. Right. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough, I, I appreciate that you, that you pointed that out. Cause yeah, it is a, it is a very tough thing and it's a tough scene and it was a really well done scene i like that
0: yeah it was it really was i have to commend netflix i read recently that john boyega signed a development deal with netflix to produce african films oh wow yeah so he will be focusing on um, producing non-English films, and they'll focus on West and East Africa. Oh, great. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I would love to see more African-produced films. I know, like, I get my hair braided a lot. And so (laughs) when you go into the shops, they're playing, like, a lot of the Nigerian, um, you know, that, soap opera type of uh, shows. And it's just always really funny and really over dramatic. So <laughs> I would like to see, like, a plethora of different things. So it's really refreshing to watch um, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. And I hope, you know, we get to see much more from Africa. They de- We deserve it, and they deserve to produce their work.
1: Right. Um, let's see. So there are a couple other things that I just wanted to make mention. So there was a a, a strong black and stem hashtag black and stem uh, thread throughout this film. You know, so, <laughs> so there you know, you have this young man and he is, you know, you already see his natural inclination towards uh, building things with you know, the radio to tooling around with the radio and fixing things for people in his uh, community. And then, you know, reading all these electronics books and stuff and, Uh you know, realizing that he could possibly create this wind turbine that would uh, that would help to I think it was going to help pump water onto the land. Yeah. Uh, Because they were going through a drought, they needed water and they needed an easy way to get the water out to irrigate the land. And he came, he he was able to successfully put together his own little prototype. And if he was going, to you know, all he needed was to just get the larger material so that he could make something that would actually work for his dad's uh, land. And it was it was just very awesome. It was so awesome to see, again, a young black boy and specifically a young African boy at the center of a story about STEM. Yep. You know, the last time that we saw something like that, especially from, you know, it being a, a true story was uh, Hidden Figures, which is a story about yeah. um, black women at the center and helping to do calculations uh, for NASA to help them get the first man, I think the first man on the moon, or at least in space. And it was, it was highly celebrated because it was a very rare depiction of black people and black women, even, you know, even rarer, but a depiction of black people actively participating in science. So it's, Mm -hmm. it was I'm really um, excited again for for kids, especially to watch this film and particularly those kids who are really into science to kind of, you know, see themselves in the character of William. Yes. And then also just to, again, see somebody who's not just engaged in science for the sake of science or because it's cool, but really seeing that connection, understanding that science can be a tool to. Help their families, to help their communities, to feed their communities. You know, it's it's yeah. there's a there's a direct benefit there. You can see the impact yes. of of that work. So I really really appreciated that. Another thing, Cynthia, I don't know if you're familiar with this. I'm not familiar with this. I had to look it up. There's something called. Um, I hope I don't get this pronunciation wrong, but I probably will. Gulewamkulu. Are you familiar with that? No. Okay. So do you remember seeing like the group of people, I think it was towards the beginning of the film and they were, you know, heavily costumed and they were dancing and there was all this music. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. So that's called the Kule Waku, Wankulu and they are considered the spiritual center of Malawi and, and probably other other parts of Africa, other countries, um, but Malawi specifically. And they are a secret society of dancers who show up to important events like funerals, which we saw in the film, um, and inaugurations Mm -hmm. and things. And so Chiwetel Ejiofor said that he really, really wanted that presence there. He wanted them featured in the film. Uh, but he wanted authentic members of the group from the film, not actors in costume. Uh, and so he said, uh-huh. you know, he had been filming. He filmed in Malawi. He had been filming and he he was trying to connect to them somehow because they're a secret society. So I guess it was very difficult. <laughs> Probably wasn't an email or phone number he could call. Oh, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he had been trying to work his connects for a while and then he finally was able to get them to agree to be on film. So he he spoke about being quite proud of of being able to to pull that off, to get that authenticity and to get that that spiritual connection in there. So, you know, and again, yeah. for a movie that's so heavily STEM focused, it's also quite telling to get that balance and have the spiritual, the spiritual side uh
0: represented as well yeah that's dope that is really dope I did not know that and that element I think without that element because you could actually you know I never once thought that they were actors you could actually feel that this was like real it was actually kind of goosebumpish in a way mm-hmm. um the opening of the film and even like when they show the scene of William watching the farmers cut down trees for the tobacco companies. And there was a Gulen Wamkulu standing up on a rock, I believe. Mm. And like even that in itself was just, you know, riveting to see. So um, kudos. Yeah. I got one question. Uh huh. What
1: about this whole teacher sister relationship? So William's Ooh, teacher Lord. had this <laughs> had this this secret relationship with William's sister. They ended up running off together. Yes. I, so at first I was like, okay, yes. and then I started thinking about. It. I was like, wait a minute. How old is this man? Because they said that he used to be her teacher, didn't they?
0: Yep. 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 Yep.
1: What kind of age gap
0: is this? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that that's common in Africa. Um, Even, you know, paying the bride price, which he couldn't pay. He couldn't pay her family because he too was, you know, struggling financially. But I don't think that that's uncommon. I think marrying younger girls is, Com- more common than that in African countries. Uh, How old was she though? Did we did we ever figure that part out? I I don't know the exact age, but she had finished grade school and she was supposed to go to college. So I don't know. She could have been as young as sixteen or old as eighteen. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that part just kind of
1: perked my ears up. I was like, wait a minute. She was her teacher. (laughs) Are we not going to say anything more about this? And then, you know, at the very end, you know, this this was a true story. So they showed the photos, the actual photos of the people. And they showed uh, William's sister and her husband, which is, you know, the teacher. And they, you know, they're still living. Uh, I think, I forgot what community they had or what city they had uh, run off to, but I believe they're still living there, still married, have several kids and they're living, you know, living a good life. But yeah, I was just like, wow, I wonder, I wonder how that that felt, you know, seeing yourself depicted on, on film. I wonder if they have any, I I guess this goes out to all of them, um, seeing yourself depicted in a movie, you know, having to have probably parts of your life chopped down in certain ways because it was a two hour movie, about two hours. So they couldn't tell the whole story. So I wonder if the teacher was kind of like, wait a minute. (laughs) I think I think (laughs) I would like to say a few words just to kind of (laughs) explain how
0: this relationship
1: evolved. (laughs)
0: yeah i can imagine it's probably pretty eerie to see that like yeah yeah on young black and brave we will feature up and coming black female artists forging through the music game every film has a music score and that music score too tells a story black women should also be at the center of scoring Directing, acting, writing, shooting, casting, and producing films. So, why not highlight our black queens who are standing on top of their thrones and busting through those glass ceilings? Today's artist is Rhea706. Rhea is from Georgia. She has a versatile hip-hop, R&B, and neo-soul sound. She's also opened for Tink in Atlanta in 2018. This is her song, Why, featuring Go
2: I can't hear myself. Why you walk around like you don't know how to act? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do me? Why you walk around like you don't know how to act? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do it like that? Why you gotta do it? Why you wanna tell me what it is that feel strange? changed? Why you wanna throw our love away? Tell me, babe. Tell me, babe. Tell me. I like to invite you to this other night. Come on. I'm coming 100, you running from life, from me. I see, yeah, I see, yeah. Running up, dance with me, running up. Summers in France with me, Wanna take a chance on me, yeah, on me. Why you walking around like you don't know how to act? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you going to do me like that? Why you gotta do me? Why you wanna do Why you walking around like you don't know how to act? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta do it? Hey, Tell me what it is that you feel this chase. Why you wanna do
0: I love that. All we really want is summers in France. Good communication. Give us a why. What's going on, right? <laughs> that was Ria 706 and her song, Why, featuring Go Shea. Thank you so much, Ria, for allowing us to feature your music this week. Everybody, please stream Ria's music on all streaming platforms and follow her on Instagram at underscore Ria 706. Underscore RIA 706. Okay, it's time to take the boy who harnessed the wind through the Dorsey Flowers test. You ready? Ready, Freddie.
1: Oh, and also, you know, it's very likely that it won't do too well on our test. <laughs> but. <laughs> That's all right. That doesn't mean that the film is trash. All we are doing is just trying to, you know, just just uh, assess the quality of uh, female characters in in the films that we're reviewing. But not every you know, not every st- story has to center black women in the film for it to be good. But, you know, I just wanted to, to make that disclaimer because I don't want us to. I don't want anybody to feel bad that (laughs) the boy who harnessed the wind is about to get get run through this test. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to make out, but we'll see. Yeah, let's see. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) step one. Regardless of age, sexual orientation, trans identity, disability, religion, nationality. Are there any characters who count as black and female in this film? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we have the mother, and we have the sister, and we have the librarian, right? Uh huh. Yes. Okay. So pass that first test. Uh, first step. Step two. There's eight, eight little steps in under step two. Number one, are there at least two named black female characters? Yes. Yes. Mother and the. And the uh, sister. Do they talk to each other? Sure do. Yes, they do. Do They talk to each other about something other than a male or a non-Black female character. I don't think so. Yes,
0: they do. They talked about her education. Um, They had a really touching scene um, about, you know, the mother just, you know, Telling her that I do all of this for you. I want you to know that I love you. She didn't really want her daughter to feel like she was underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a touching scene. When was that?
1: What, scene, what part was that?
0: Um, I think the daughter was going through the whole, I want to leave here. I don't need to be here. Um, and... Her mother was just basically like, Listen, we, we're, I'm doing all of this for you. You know, I, it was a typical teenage girl mother quarrel that they were having. I feel like I've had it with my mother. I feel like, <laughs> you know, uh my friends have had it with their mother. It's like you butt heads, especially in your teenage years, you butt heads with your mother. You don't, really appreciate her the way you should until you get older and see the amount of pressure that was on her and the amount of love she was trying to pour into you so yeah okay so we're gonna say that they do
1: talk to each other about something other than a man or a black non-black female yes okay all right Is a Black female character primary in this film? No. It's it's pretty much about William and his father. Yes. Does a Black female character have the ability to make her own choices? Yeah. A sister made her choice to
0: leave the house. Yep, (laughs) she sure did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> does the black female character live until the end of the film oh yeah yes does a black female character not appear as a stereotype yeah i feel like none of these
0: women in the yeah. film were stereotypical yeah and basically they were they were entrepreneurs essentially um you know y- you do run into like the role of a woman in that society Mm. um, being stereotypical, though. Um, But I think they, uh, you know, going to get educated, um, buying and selling of goods, like, that sort of thing is non-stereotypical. So I would say um, they weren't stereotypes.
1: And even... Even the you know the conversation that the mother had with the daughter, where uh, you know she was telling her don't don't try to focus because I think the conversation started with Agnes and Annie. I'm sorry, I keep saying mother and daughter. Their names are Agnes and Annie. Mm -hmm. Where the conversation started with the uh, with Agnes asking Annie, do you have a boyfriend? You know, is there a male friend around? And she was like, oh no. And then she was trying to tell her, you know, you need to. You know, don't don't let a man kind of get you off of your path. You need to right. you need to be educated. Right. Uh, husband and kids will come when they come. But but your education, that's that's for you. You need to you need to work on that. And even, you know, the part which we spoke about earlier um, when they were at the school and the mother was like, I don't want to be, you know, praying for rain like my ancestors. So, you know, in a way, you know, that's another way that she kind of defies the stereotype of what, uh, you know, in particular, a non-African audience might, might believe of what Africans might be, you know, might want to do or might, might do or whatever. I think it was, it was I thought it was a very good look to just kind of have her say, I, no, I'm not my ancestors. Right. You know, what, whatever you thought of me, this is not, that's not who I want to be. Yeah. And lastly, relevance. Does a Black female character have historical, political, or social relevance in this film?
0: I, I don't know. I would say no. Why would you say no? I would say no, um, because if they were not in the film, it wouldn't take away from the storyline. I think the story mainly surrounds William and his dad's relevance, and not necessarily the women in the film.
1: But that would be relevance to the story. But what about relevance in history, in politics, in or yeah, uh, historical, political,
0: or social relevance? I don't know. I I I don't see. I don't see what their relevance is. Do
1: you? I guess, in a way, I don't. I don't see one. Character, but maybe in total, just um, you know, again, the uh, the seeing empowered African women who they they may fit some uh, more traditional roles, uh-huh. they still are, uh, they still have agency. They're still able to to have empowered voices. They're still able to to contribute in meaningful ways. And although that sounds very basic, it's also something that we don't typically see in, in major films. I mean, how many times have we seen that in a Netflix movie? Like this, this was right. a movie that was put out by Netflix. And so I guess for that reason, it makes me want to kind of lean towards saying yes, although, you know, but like I said, I feel like, you know, in total, that's how I feel. I I don't necessarily know if there's any one particular character that stands out in a historical, political or social, socially relevant way. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. So I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, I, and I think that's what the question is asking. Does the black female character and Agnes and Annie just don't stand out for me in that way? Okay. All right, we're going to say
1: no. Uh, so let's do our totals. No bonus points this time because the film was not written or directed by a black woman. It's written, directed by a black man. Not bad, but no bonus points. All right. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, we actually have a total of six points. So it passed. It it passed <laughs> with minor <laughs> corrections. It passed. All right. So so yes. all that. All that preamble, all that disclaimer that I made was for nothing. This movie actually passed. Yes, look at that. Now, now, okay. So that's also. I'm really glad that we did this then, because now it goes to show you can have films that are actually centered on black men, and the female characters don't have to suck. Yeah, <laughs> the black female characters don't have True to. story. Yeah, they they don't have to be diminished. They don't have to suck in order for the black male characters to shine. So
0: that's great. Yeah, I would. I would. I think a minor correction would be for me is to see more of the women in the village mm-hmm. having conversations with they their day to day. I think if it was a little bit uh, more time spent on that, the score would have been higher because it's all of the women were working in some sort of way. And even the teacher being the only female teacher at that particular Mm -hmm. school, her backstory, I'm very intrigued by. And if she ever, you know, encountered Williams, mom, mother, Agnes or his sister Annie, um, what their conversations look like. So yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I like those suggestions.
0: All right. Well, that's the boy who harnessed the wind. I'm so glad it passed, and I'm so excited <laughs> to see when Netflix brings forth in the upcoming years as far as African produced. Films and good luck to John Boyega, who is leading the charge to get us some high quality African films on our Netflix streaming sites. We would love to add your opinion to the conversation. So, if you have anything to say about any of the films we've covered so far, or a suggestion of a film you think should go through the Dorsey Flowers test send us an email with your thoughts to youngblackandbrave at gmail.com, youngblackandbrave at gmail.com. And follow us on social media at youngblackandbrave on Instagram and Facebook and YBB Podcast on Twitter. Anything else, Portia? Nope. I think we're we're all set. Y'all stay
1: safe out there. Uh-huh. Practice good hygiene. Practice your social distancing. Yes. Don't go out there trying to be no hero. Just, you know, do what you need to do so we can get back to try to get back to life as normal as possible. Yes.
0: Um, we
2: will talk to you guys next week.
0: In the meantime, stay brave.